0: From Hong Kong, Chicago, and the city of Stoke-on-Trent, this is the Classic Lenses podcast.
1: It's the first time for you, so here's what you do: come with me and strip me and show me you Oh,
2: whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> Wait a minute. (laughs) That that wasn't that didn't go. Who 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 is responsible for the music selection this morning?
1: Oh that my bad. I thought that was Jingle Bell. Well we would
0: we would normally think that Johnny would do such a thing, but no that that filth came from Hong Kong uh, this time. So um, to continue Whoa. to continue the script, <laughs> it's Christmas. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, hello. That's what and she wel- said. <laughs> hello and welcome to episode ninety-eight. My name is Simon Forster, and I'm joined by Johnny Sisson and Perry G. It says here. Um, hello, Johnny. Hey, good morning, and
1: I'm welcome back, Perry. Hey, uh, it's good to be back. Yeah
0: did you, did you uh, did you manage to Endure that uh, that that break in Bali uh, last week.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard being on a tropical island, man. It's tough, but at least I had the podcast to keep me company. So. Yes,
0: <laughs> yes. And on, I was going to say, on on that note, thanks to Anthony Rue for joining us last week and being a great guest. It was great to have you back on the show, Anthony. Um. Right. Okay. Well, as you've as you've already heard, there, um, we have something of a Christmas theme. Uh, to this week's show, um, this I don't think we quite managed anything at all last Christmas, but uh, this this time we've we've made a little bit of an effort. And um, on that note, I am going to head back over to Hong Kong for Perry to explain what we're about to do.
1: All right, so for this year's, well, I guess the first uh, Classic Lenses Podcast Christmas special, we are going to be sending our wish lists to Santa. Um, and the the premise behind this idea is basically each of us have come up with uh, a camera and a lens in which we do not own, uh, that we would love to have Santa stuff deep into our stockings uh, on Christmas Day. And they fall into three very loosely defined budget categories. Uh, so something on the more budget end, something more realistic, and then uh, something which Johnny likes to call inobtainium or unobtainium, which is the crazy stuff.
0: I, I just like how you just said that something more realistic, as in like you've already dismissed budgets already.
2: <laughs> I'm like yeah, re- <laughs> I, you know, realistic would be b- realistic, which would be actually in budget. And then there would be, <laughs> like, budget would be,
1: like, I don't know, budget stretch or something. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm not allowed to say cheap, right? So we're calling it well, <laughs> we'll value the value for money category. The, value. I, I this, have you guys seen that, that uh, BuzzFeed show on YouTube called Worth It?
2: No, I'm 50, Perry.
1: <laughs> uh, so it's, a, it's a pretty cool show where, basically, they go, usually um, in L.A. where they're based, but sometimes they travel all over America or the world, and they basically eat uh, three versions of the same dish at ah. three drastically different price points. Uh, okay. It's an awesome, awesome show. Um, but, you know, the, the prices vary depending on what they're eating, right? So sometimes, yeah. um, you know, they're splurging out like they bought a $1,000 pizza at one point. But sometimes the expensive wow. option is yeah. like, you know, a $100 burger. So uh, they
2: went to, say, in and out Burger in L.A., and then it had an expensive burger that gets hyped as America's best burger, and
1: it's bullshit. I think they actually did that. Did they do that? Point. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm not. I'm not sure if it was In and Out specifically, but I think they did because those are amazing. Yes, they are. Um, but, but we're going off track with the food. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so th- these categories are very loosely defined. I suspect the three of us may have different conceptions of, you know, what falls into each category. But there, they are three different price ranges. Ah, uh, depending on how generous Santa feels like being to the three of us, ah, uh, because I'm sure we've all been very nice and not naughty this year, right? Oh yeah. Maybe not in <laughs>
0: Chicago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and before we, uh, before we actually did this, Johnny kind of realized that there was a fatal flaw in this plan. Because, in our Christmas attempt to maybe cause some gas in all of our listeners, we realized that crap, if these are things that we really want,
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now we gotta compete with all you some bitches after you know what our is on our wish list,
1: exactly, yeah, so uh, please do not buy these things uh wait until we <laughs> oh yeah. <that'll> work. <laughs> <laughs> uh or at least at least wait till we have and then uh, and then go next. And of course feel free to email in your Christmas wish lists uh after this episode goes out. We will not be buying them for you um because Johnny hates lens giveaways, but maybe Santa listens <laughs> to the classic lenses podcast. Uh and maybe Santa reads Simon's emails. Right. All right. Uh do you guys want to get going? Any questions about the rules?
0: Um I think, they, I think they're vague enough as they are.
1: Yeah. yeah. Any format, uh, define it as loosely as you want. One camera, one lens. If it's a fixed lens camera, then I say that counts as both. Right. So shall we start with the uh, value for money budget category?
0: Hmm. I was, you know, I, was, I thought we might have started with the camera, but I can, we can go with value for money. Well,
1: there's one camera in each category.
0: Oh, right. I, I thought there was just one camera oh one camera
1: Wait. one lens in each budget category. yeah
2: in each category how could it yeah. be just one
1: is yeah, it, unless you're getting you the were, same you were mount lens it,
2: it, would, it would be like one and depending on who has the most budget it would be a budget lens or an obtainium is that what you're thinking simon
0: well i'm i'm just like in in shock because i was feeling quite good with myself because i put an hour's preparation into this show <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> and now i realize that i'm not actually prepared for it anymore
2: well whatever you were going to say we'll we'll just dis- we can it, it can just appropriately go into one of those categories and then exactly. you can and then you can pull two other things out of your butt <laughs> for the other two categories here on the fly cuz i'm pulling all three out on the fly so you can definitely do it okay okay um
0: right okay so we're doing lens first, then
1: budget lens.
0: What? Is that right? <laughs> well, right. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> I, I've done it so that in each category, the lens goes on the camera.
2: <laughs> right. So it's a ca- like a camera okay, lens combo. Okay. Right? Yeah,
1: they, they go together. Yeah, yeah. Oh, camera plus lens. I mean, they don't lens. have to, but it just made sense, right? Like if Santa gives me a DKL lens and a Nikon, like a Nikon, I'm gonna be kind of pissed off at Santa. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: so the lens has to fit the budget camera in some way. No,
1: right? no, no, it, it doesn't. But <laughs> oh, okay. It that's, that's I'm just miss, possibly
0: confused miss, by this, <laughs> Simon. <laughs> <laughs> it's nearly Christmas. You know, I'm, I'm, my, my wife's running around wrapping presents and doing things while I'm just sitting there chatting to you guys. You know? So I mean, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um well, how about I go third on this one?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean presumably, if you've picked three lenses, you just have to stick a camera that they'll fit on,
0: sure Yeah, but you just told me it
1: doesn't it doesn't have to fit on with the no with it doesn't the, have that. to fit that's true that's true. ah there
0: you go see I, you see how i'm I'm getting confused now, can't
1: you it just okay. it just makes more sense, right? you know, if I were gonna buy someone a camera and a lens for Christmas, I would probably get a lens of the same mount as the camera, <laughs>
0: yeah. Well it depends if you're adapting though, doesn't it? That's the thing. Yes.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Actually, yeah, you're right. Almost that makes no sense at all now that I look at my list.
0: (laughs) Right.
2: Okay. Well, let's
0: let's let's head to Chicago first, then shall we? All right. Johnny,
2: you're up first. Oh sure. Sure, Simon. (laughs) Okay. Um we're gonna start in the uh the budget category, I take it. Yeah. Okay. Um Well, this is a tough one because for me, uh, budget and realistic—you know—it's kind of the same. I'm trying not to think about this
1: like literally, as if, as in, what could I actually really afford, right? Um, Yeah, unless you buy your own Christmas presents for you, this is Santa's money. Yeah, uh, uh,
2: really? That doesn't even—it makes even less sense then, because then it's just everything (laughs) could be whatever the hell you want. It's—it's Santa Claus,
1: exactly. It'll make more sense when you see my list.
2: (laughs) All right, then, you know what, Perry? Why don't you
1: go go first? You go first. Go. Uh, I'm I'm
0: so glad we've thought this one. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was (laughs) self-explanatory.
2: I just, I'm still trying to wrap my head around Santa having a budget. That's, you know, you know, I could ask for a pony for my birthday then, right? I mean, it doesn't even have to be even closely to realistic if it's just a wish list. Yeah. yeah but a pony isn't a camera. Yeah, no, but I, mean, but I mean, th- then price doesn't come into it whatsoever. So it's just three things we want.
1: Yeah, at three different price points to give our <laughs> listeners gas. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right.
2: Fair Fair enough.
1: So the value so, so for money price point, the the lower price point.
2: So you're going to start then, huh, Perry.
1: No, you're going to start. <laughs> I'm not you're not going to make me start the budget category. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. All right. Fine. Fine. Here we
2: go. Here we go. Um okay. So I'm I'll throw this one out there then. Um I guess this would be budget, but it's budget with an asterisk because It's something that's not necessarily hard to find, but it's hard to find in usable condition. How's that work? So it's a really good one for Santa because Santa can just magically have his little bloody little elves make this stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's got his elf slaves.
2: Oh, he's got elf slaves, so they can just make the, and they're all probably like five years old, so they're going to do a really good job. Santa's got his little slave labor thing. Yeah, okay, all right. So, um, I I would like. Uh, A KMZ FT2 Um, And what that is Is The panoramic camera That was the precursor It's like the granddaddy Of the uh, horizon cameras Like the 202 and all that It's like the one Way way back the swing lens panoramic camera um, That was kind of the precursor to all those And I'd really like to get one of those. I've wanted one for a long time, but they only typically show up in former Soviet Union, and they only typically show up without the little custom uh, uh, cassettes, so the feed and the take-up. So I would want a complete working uh, FT2. That would be on my wish list. Panoramic camera. So, what's what kind of price range are we talking for them? Well, they seem to go anywhere from three, like three to four hundred range. But that doesn't mean they're going to be complete. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean they're actually going to have a like a take up spool, take up and feed, you know, feed and take up cartridges with them. So that's what makes it wish listable and relatively budget. (laughs) <laughs> Rel- relatively budget isn't actually budget then is
0: it that's more realistic surely
1: well i don't know i that's acceptable i'm really happy yeah. because his budget item is way more expensive than mine <laughs> oh, really? oh yeah
2: wow okay all right well you've told me santa dude so you know i'm gonna push a little bit
1: yeah yeah okay. santa's a generous guy all
2: right well that would be my 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 value slash budget
1: entry so i have a question a couple questions about this thing um because it's like a rectangle right it's basically just it's like a a it's
2: like a it's like a yeah it's like a little it's like a little box
1: yeah and it's smaller than a wide luck smaller than a horizon well it's shaped weirdly though it's it's shaped oddly it's so it's not pocketable
2: uh, I don't, know, unless you had really strange pockets, I don't think so. It's you know, baggable, but I don't okay. carry anything in my pocket.
1: <laughs> bring back Carl's mom's jeans, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, right, they would have to
2: <laughs> go in like mom jeans or like like cargo pant pocket, uh-huh. yeah.
1: What kind of lenses does this thing have? Yeah, it because the Verizon's the an, it, a 28, it, right? It,
2: this has in the indistar 50 on it, <clears throat> so it's oh, so got a 53.5. Yeah, except it's a, I think it's an F5 because it's a swing lens and you don't, you know, you don't have any aperture control. So I think there's a couple of <clears throat> distance settings or something like that.
1: Uh huh. The, the interesting thing about this camera to me is like it pushes Pano to such an extreme because it's, it's almost a three to, is it a six to it's two, a, three, a, three to one ratio? It's a three, it's a three to one. It makes a 24 by 110. So it's it's one. Wait, no, that's that's way more than three to one. That's like so. If a normal ne- film, yeah, thirty-five millimeter negative, is like three to two, this will be like nine to two, ten to two.
2: Yeah, because it's twenty-four. Yeah. So twenty-four is the height, normal height of a thirty-five mm-hmm. millimeter frame, right? But then it's like a hundred and ten wide. So it's like what's that? Four to one?
1: Almost. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
2: Almost. Almost four to one. No, yeah. oh, more than that. No,
1: sorry, it's four point five eight three to one. Thank you for the math, Perry. There we go. You're welcome. I
0: was I was, <laughs> I was I was enjoying Perry Perry's maths earlier when he was saying ten to two, and I was thinking it's five to one. But there
2: you
1: go. <laughs> yes, true. You sim, you simplified it.
2: Where <laughs> <laughs> in that point five to
1: yeah. <clears throat> Today uh, on the, the ratio.
2: Yeah. So and the, the really great thing about this camera also. Is that it was designed by Mr. Tokarev. So it was designed by a weapons designer, which isn't accidental because it was actually designed as an artillery spotting camera. So you could, like, basically take a photo of, like, the artillery piece firing and the shell landing all in one frame. How cool is that?
0: Well that makes sense that makes a bit more sense now about the shape of it because it's very flat isn't it yes. so this this box it's like a it's a it's a squashed box and then and the the lens is in on the on one of the thin edges so this could yeah. slot into uh, part of the tank and have its uh, uh, the apparatus behind it uh, <laughs> with a minimum
1: height sorry when you said squashed box i just had a mental image of Jim cramer screaming and running from russian artillery <laughs>
2: it's Um, shaped like if anybody's ever used um a usps flat rate box the small it's shaped like that it's like a it's like a half shoe box so it's
1: it's shaped like a box (laughs) yeah it's shaped like a a flat
2: rectangular box (laughs) and Uh, longer than it is tall
1: but i mean johnny I mean, the, the thing you showed, you showed some pictures um, shot with this thing a, a little while ago. Yeah. And I mean, not your pictures, obviously. Right. But m- m- what I wonder about this is, is when you have a panel that's like that, it's really hard to display. Right? Well, that's not my problem. <laughs> well, when you have the camera, when Santa brings it to you, it's, it's going to be your problem, right? Yeah. Because... Like a five to one ratio, it's so long that it's almost like a ribbon. So yeah. I wonder—is this? Are these the kinds of images that? I mean, how are you gonna? You have to print them, and you have to print no, I them don't. Real big.
2: I just want to. I just want to make them.
1: I don't care about the prints. I don't print anything. But you how how that. would you display the final image at five to one?
2: I'm not. I'm just gonna look at it on my screen.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just
2: yeah. want it to. Be, I just wanted for making the images. I can care less about prints. I just want to be able to make images in that format.
1: You definitely can't post them on Instagram.
2: Sure I can. I just put a crop on the top and bottom, and it'll be real skinny, and it'll make people annoyed, which is (laughs) perfect for
1: me for Instagram. (laughs) People have to zoom in with their fingers.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's perfect.
1: Uh, That's really interesting, though, because, you know, the the horizon's a 28-millimeter lens, and this one's a 50-millimeter lens, so you're going to have a very normal vertical right field field of view and then just yeah. like an absurdly stretched out horizontal so it's like you take a 50 millimeter field of view and you know yeah. grab both sides of it and just stretch it out as far as you can
2: yeah which 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 is sort of my complaint about um i had that camera from uh that was it panoptic Pan, hold on a second
1: How panomicron the panel, yeah, the panel
2: Micron, which is my problem with that camera is it's a, it's like a 50 millimeter lens, but it's the size of like a normal panel frame. Right. So, mm-hmm. so the problem with that is that it it's, it's close. It's, it's more normal ish looking the entire image. Right. Then it is panel looking. Does that make any sense to me? It's like, I'd rather have a wider angle lens if I'm going to have a kind of a normal two to one ratio, because it it's I'm going to be too close to everything. But this thing, it's going to take in so much territory that that really kind of won't matter. Like a landscape would look just right.
1: Uh huh. Yeah. This is like the distinction between <sighs> cinematic and panoramic. That Simon yeah. Is making right. That, right? right exa- exactly. Exactly. Where- the exactly. Essence of panorama is the big sweeping vista, rather than just having a, a more stretched out aspect ratio. Yeah, yeah, I get that.
2: That's cool. Yeah. So that that yeah, that's what I guess what I got in the works.
1: I literally have but never I, heard of the thing until you you showed it to us. Um, yeah, it's because, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, the Russians made a lot of. It seems like they made a lot of these weird pano swinging cameras.
2: Yeah, but I mean, it makes sense when you start thinking about it as 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 being a military application first. Like that's what mm. it was designed for. Yeah, it actually makes it kind of makes a lot of sense why you would want something with that kind of absurd angle of view. It's so I, it's more logical.
0: So I, I would think that I mean, having, having said that, now I mean, when you when you first showed me this, and I know that I've I've handled one of these, I've handled a, a couple of different uh types it's a it's a specialist auction about eighteen months ago and i looked at it and this was before um my revelation that that panoramas are amazing um, so i, w- I wasn 't really that bothered about it and um and they look relatively expensive uh, yeah plus it was also the case of, you know, I, I wouldn't even know how to test it or anything like that. So I left it, left it alone. But the fact that it's, it's military based might make might give me a little bit more confidence that the thing actually might be, you know, nailed together properly and
2: actually might have some, yeah. some inherent reliability with it. Right. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And th- yeah, exactly. And, and that's what I find kind of interesting about them. And there's like a... There's a PDF online that about basically a full teardown of how to service these things because yeah, they're they're probably gonna break down, right? So it's it's one of those cases where it's probably simpler than things that followed after it that were designed more for uh, commercial production, right? Mm. Um, so yeah, I don't. It's, it's it's a very it's very interesting. Uh, that it ever actually went into production, I guess. Because yeah. there were a bunch of, if you look on, there's that um, sovietcams.com website, which is great for like lens stuff as well. Uh, it it they, they did like a buttload of prototypes before they ever released this thing. So it was heavily prototyped, you know, before it was ever actually put into production, as are many Soviet cameras. But this one it seems like especially so like it was, they, they really worked through a lot of things on this camera to try to accomplish that really specific task. Right. First. So it's sort of got that Spartan Soviet thing Mm. going on where it's, you know, function, it's function over form for sure. And hopefully function wise, it actually, it's got to do one thing and should do it hopefully pretty well um yeah so anyway that that would that would be that's definitely been long on my uh panorama wish list so and the interesting like i said the interesting thing about it is it's not necessarily super expensive it's just finding one and finding one that's in complete order mm-hmm. nice
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay well i this might be a good time here for me to go next. Um, yeah. Because uh, my um, budget camera, I, mean, I was actually going to talk about this later, actually, but now I'm going to talk about it in this section because we'll it fits really well. Um, and that is uh, the uh, Camerodactyl Branco Pan uh, from Ethan Moses, uh, which Ooh. has just launched on Kickstarter. Wow. And, uh, and I've, I've backed it. Um, and technically you can buy this camera for a dollar or sort of, sort of, but it's definitely going to be the cheapest camera, I think. Um, but it's a camera that's, uh, what you're doing. If you back Ethan's Kickstarter is you're, you're going to get the, uh, the plans for it for, that will allow you to 3d print it. So Yeah. So that dollar gets you the plans, but you've still got to uh, get the materials and you need a 3D printer uh, to put the thing together. Um, But it's, I've, well, I've got a 3D printer coming uh, to our house for Christmas. You Uh, do? I do. Wow! Exactly. So, that's awesome. uh, that is that is the Forster family present for uh, uh, twenty nineteen.
1: That's um, so cool! It is.
0: Wow! Right? And uh, both both my boys are really excited about it. And one of my boys is a uh, is doing um, uh, product design at school as well. So he's. Uh, oh, that's uh, excellent! Kind of Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, so that's you don't so, print
2: your flashlight. We got school projects. <laughs>
0: Oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> um, yes. Um, so uh, so that that's coming. So we we have the the ability uh, to. I think there's going to be around about twenty dollars pounds worth of materials that were needed needed to be bought, uh, bought and wow. quite a few hours of, of printing time. Um, and I've, I've, um, backed this and I've, I've done the, the, the next stage up from just getting the plans, uh, because there's a, there's a particular feature, uh, but I think it's the frame counter that Ethan has some laser cut dials, which look a lot better than it will do with just, just mm. being 3d printed. Yeah. Um, and that's that with the postage is $60 now. It's not going to cost sixty dollars to uh, to make this thing and post it out to me, but it's giving Ethan some money back for the time that he's actually put into this. You know, he's put a huge amount of effort into this camera, as well as he has done with all his other cameras. And he put, you know, every camera he does gets better uh, because he, he learns more and applies those learnings to each camera. So um, this, I'm, I'm really excited uh, about this camera. And just to give you an idea about what it's about, uh, so Branco Pan, Branco uh, is. The name is uh named after a friend i don't know the full story on that one um by the way ethan will be joining us in the new year for a, for a chat by the way oh cool um, uh but uh yeah but the word pan at the end uh that's the uh, that's a bit of a giveaway because it's a 35 millimeter camera and it's designed to take uh mamiya press camera lenses um, and the and I just happen to own. I've mentioned this before. I happen to own the 50 millimeter f 6.3. I think it is it's 6.3 or 6.8. It's a slow lens, relatively speaking but um, the idea behind it is it's it's a panoramic street camera um so (laughs) it was slightly ironic that um, johnny's just been saying oh i'm not so sure about that panamicron uh, uh, because it's a 50 millimeter lens and all this kind of stuff well this is exactly the same premise and as i've been talking about well proper panoramas are actually swing lenses or have huge fields of view this is I guess the same kind of thing as what you've just been talking about. Is the, is a Panamicrum a 35 mil or is it? Um,
2: uh, six, six, a, well, at least, at least the one that I have here is a 50. No, sorry. The, uh, the film, film format. Oh, 35 millimeter. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a similar kind of uh, principle. The only difference being is that you well, I say the only difference is not actually, but uh, the idea is it uses, um, uh, Mamiya press lenses, which have their own shutter built into them and they have a focusing helicoid mm-hmm. built into them as well. So, um, and there's a whole range of them. And I think one of them is there's a 102.8, which is a biotar design, which sounds really, really nice. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really excited about this. And uh, there's a Kickstarter project, as I say, launched a few days ago. And it's, I think it's close as, as time of recording it's close to 50% uh backed um although it was going to remember like the first the first part of these kickstarters is always something that you know they, they the early adopters jump onto it and then it's used a little bit slower um for the last like few weeks so i've I really hope that people get behind this and have, a few more people have that have got interests in building cameras and uh thinking of having a a 3d printer one time or more to the point you could download it and if you know somebody with a 3D printer or you, there are places where you can send these off and they'll print it for you, um, then you can get yourself a, a nice functioning camera and all you'll need is a, um, a mere press lens to go onto it and off you go. So cheap as it get, really.
1: That's awesome. That's the yeah, 3D that's printed X-Pan, essentially. Exactly. And, you know, the field of view is not going to be too different because the X-Pan standard lens is a 45 millimeter f4. Um, And that's the only one I use on it, and it's absolutely perfect. Yeah, that's cool. It's a weird looking camera, you know. Ethan did um his weird YouTube. uh I don't even know how to describe that. He did like a review of it, right? Yeah. Dressed up as Ali G type character. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's got he's got an alternative character for his he? I can't quite remember what he is, what he calls himself. Is it Chad? I think it's I think Chad. It's, yeah, 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 Chad. So, uh, it's, it's always worth looking at, uh, Ethan's, uh, videos on his YouTube channel, because there's some really good things in there. I'm still, I still think he did the best thing over, um, on April the 1st, uh, when he talked about how to be, I can't remember where it was, uh, something about how to be a better photographer, but something like, something on those lines. And he, he did a great video with some really useful tips on mega pickles. Um, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that one.
1: That's so cool
2: wow you need to you need to just to uh, sorry really quick though you need to you need to get one of those dora goodman cameras then those little uh <laughs> view <laughs> cameras that you can print yourself mm. she well, she does the same thing where you can get the plans and you can print your own little view camera
0: oh right i'm with you with,
2: with the 120 back on
0: it yeah well that's i mean ethan did a uh actually that's that's one of the things he's got a stretch goal actually i just remembered if he gets a huge amount of money an enormous amount of money um he's also going to put out plans for all of the things that he's actually designed including his uh, original dactyl field camera um which is just fun it just looks ridiculous it's like yeah it's it's like
2: for barbie and uh, lego and stuff yeah her stuff actually looks like elegant (laughs) <laughs> like you'd want to actually be yeah, seen with that it? Like you'd want to actually be seen using
1: it. You, you want you want powder pink and blue on there, don't you? Really? Um, so yeah. kind fans of yeah. a little little funky looking. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it is a <laughs> genius concept because it certainly is. You know, you, you, you can't three D print a shutter, right? Or realistically a lens. So you know, a leaf shutter uh, built in, stick it in front. It's it's really the best way to come up with a solution for this kind of thing. Because then you are just printing the body.
0: Yeah, I yeah. mean, and that's and that's why the uh, Bermeer press lenses have just uh, is the obvious place to go. I mean, Hasselblad mm-hmm. lenses, in theory, uh, could do the same thing uh, because they have their own shutter, they have their own helicoid and uh, apertures, all all in there. But the problem with those is that you've to to arm the shutter, you've you've got to have a mechanism that goes behind the lens. Right. Uh, whereas on the, on this, on this press lens, it's just, it's on the lens, it's, it's accessible. So it just makes it a, a, a lot simpler. Um, actually, that's, I think it's just worth, um, if anybody's interested in doing, building your own camera and stuff like that, I just want to give a shout out to the Homemade Camera Podcast because mm. that is the place to go if this kind of stuff is uh, of any kind of vague yeah. interest to you. Um, go over there and start listening to their shows because they they, they they're really really good. So uh, and and Ethan is now part of the team. So uh, um, yeah, good show.
1: So if you had an adapt a helicoid adapter to a Mamiya press mount, theoretically you could mount any sort of synchrocomper shutter type thing, right? Uh, type lens. Run that past me again. So if, if you if you had. Uh, some kind of helicoid device uh, and an adapter that went onto a Mamiya press oh, right, camera. Yeah, yeah. mount you could theoretically just use any leaf shutter, uh, medium format lens, right? Yeah, um,
0: yeah. The, the the difficulty is going to be focusing, uh, because right, the helicoid. yeah, but it's actually how you actually. Make sure that it's in focus because it's a scale. It's effectively a scale focus camera that that the Branco Pan is, but the uh, the Mamiya Press camera is a. It's a rangefinder, uh-huh. so it's it's a it's a mirrorless camera. But you're not going to have the benefit of the rangefinder.
1: Oh yeah, because the, the shutter is closed uh, on on the leaf shutter lenses. Yeah, so you're not you're not going to be able to see anything exactly. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: but you can scale focus anything, certainly. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's getting it calibrated is, is the key, which is another good reason to listen to the Homemade Camera Pro- mm-hmm. Podcast because uh, they, they talk about those things and give tips on how, how to do that with sellotape and stuff. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, Perry, let's, let's head over for your budget camera.
1: All right. I'm so happy that Johnny's is more expensive because I thought I was going to get a lot of stick <laughs> for this. Uh, but you guys went big. I am going small uh, and not only that, I'm going digital. Um, so let's start with the camera. Uh, this is actually a camera I used to own, and I kind of regret selling it because, I mean, it's just it's it's a lovely, fun little camera. So the camera I want is uh, an Olympus EM10, the original one, because oh. the original ones are so cheap right now. Uh, so as far as you know, bang for your buck, Micro Four Thirds camera, um, secondhand ones here in Hong Kong of the Mark One. You can find them for like a hundred bucks. And I mean, it's just a beautiful looking camera. Micro four thirds is the format where IBIS actually works properly. Uh, So I mean, everyone knows this camera, right? I don't need to talk about it very much.
0: No. Well, I can can say my my dad had one for a while and uh, it's, it's great camera. No two ways about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I had it, it was my go-to travel camera. The lenses are tiny, um, the only thing that sucks about it is the Olympus menus, but hey,
0: yeah, And the, and the EVF, I just remember the EVF isn't, isn't great, but it's, okay. yeah, it's, manageable.
1: it's It's perfectly, it's perfectly usable for, for what it is. But I, I really enjoyed that camera when I had it. Um, and I wouldn't mind having another one, but the real reason I want a micro, a, a micro four thirds camera is I have a, what is it? An EPL five. Um, hmm. but I think it's dead and the, the shutter button has fallen off. Uh, because, you know, the build quality is not great. So it would be nice to have another one. But the reason I want a digital micro four-thirds camera in my arsenal uh, is because I got C-mount gas from our discussion last time.
2: Yeah, there we go.
1: Yeah. So the lens that I want uh, is also one that if if you're patient enough, you can find in and around the $100 range, maybe a little bit more for a really, really nice one. Um, but I would like a C-mount Kodak Cine-Ektar 25mm F1.9. Wait. Have, yes. Which one? Repeat that, please. The Kodak Cine-Ektar in C-mount 25mm yeah. F1.9.
2: Ah, okay, okay. All right, so the one I have sitting on my desk.
1: Ah, you have one?
2: <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Of course it does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Actually, yeah. wait.
2: I'm not sure it's a one point. My mine is the Coda Color version.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, which... there are a co- couple of versions and a few different mounts. I, yeah. I don't think this is the Coda Color version. Okay, but I mean it's it's close enough, right?
2: Yeah, it's 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 close enough. Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, you know this this lens isn't that expensive. Uh, it has a really really beautiful rendering um, because it's a C mount lens. You get all of that craziness in the edges, but it's really very strange, very yeah. sharp in the center. Yep. Um. And it has a really really nice uh, color and black and white rendering. Um. But I also want this lens because I just think it looks really sexy. <laughs> you know, if you, if you have a silver EM10, uh, then the silver Cine ectar it's just it's all the little dials. Um. You know, when when you have all the numbers and dials and and the rings, you know, the scalloped rings, and then you shrink them down to that size, it just it just kind of I don't know. It gives off vibes of like mechanical precision, mechanical engineering, which I really like in a camera and lens. So you just
0: want a piece of jewelry, basically.
1: No, I like the results from this. You know, I've, I've looked at, I've looked at a bunch of different, um, you know, C Mount cine lenses, uh, that I would like to play with. And I think this one just, it gives me the kinds of results that I like the most in this kind of lens. Right. Because it's not too over the top with its weirdness, um, you can actually take normal photos with it. But it it's got enough of that uh, wild sea mount character that it's it's worth using on Micro Four Thirds, as opposed to just being like a oh, why, why don't I just use a larger sensor and a you know a, a better yeah. format essentially. Yeah. So Johnny, have you shot with yours on Micro Four Thirds? Which one? The yeah. oh no, I haven't shot with it on
2: Micro Four Thirds. I've shot it on APS-C.
1: Oh, it covers APS-C?
2: Yeah, badly. <laughs> okay. Is, yeah. I mean, yeah. if I I I, I typically I shoot an APS C and I crop it square so it just gets rid of oh, the yeah. vi- it gets rid of the vignette but it keeps all the swirly.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I do with my other 25mm f1.4 c mount lens. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the other one I have is the cheap Chinese one, and it it really unless you stop it down a little bit, it uh it's a very flavor lens that only works under certain circumstances, whereas I, I think this one is a little bit more, I wouldn't call it general purpose, but it just looks cool. Yeah, you know, Most of the pictures you see are pictures of like flower and foliage, but even those ones that I've seen with this lens, I think just look really nice. Yeah. Nice. Alright, so that's that's my little uh, uh, budget toy, and I'm so glad, once again, that my budget option is not the most expensive one.
0: <laughs> oh. Seeing you are on a bit of a roll, do you want to talk talk about your budget lens pick? That was the lens. This, the, oh, cap. Oh, the, yeah. Gorgeous. That was. you uh, both on, cam, sorry, Camera not, and suppose. lens, right? He, he was very good there, wasn't
2: he? Did yeah, he? he was very efficient. He was. He was. Yeah. And, and I'm really, Perry. I'm really getting it now because once, once you, once you take out of the equation, it's you know. It's like when you're a kid and you think, well, yeah, Santa will bring me a car, an actual real car for Christmas. Like, why not, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not a big, it's not as big of a deal when, you know, you, you think about it as asking for things that are totally unrealistic. But because it's Santa, it's all possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally get it now.
0: Sweet. I like it. All right, and Johnny, did, did I miss you talking about a lens, or did you just do a camera earlier? I did a well, I did a camera that had a lens on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, that means it's my turn for a budget lens then. Mm-hmm. Budget camera
2: plus lens, or oh, yeah, camera no, camera, camera lens. I've done the camera. Into, I did yeah. the Branco Pan. Okay, so uh, okay, so let's go. Over well, the, wait, you did the Branko Pan, but would you? Okay, you already have the lens. lens. You have the lens. Gotcha. All those, right.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. All caught up. And it's uh, and it's not built in, so it doesn't count as being the, uh, um, the a yep. lens and camera combo. So uh, that's right. Um, but uh, as for as for budget lenses, this was, you know, in the in the hour that I toiled on this task of working out uh, which which lenses I wanted, that was probably the hardest uh, one to pick because I I'm really struggling to think of budget lenses that I actually want now because I've either yeah. had. In, in my possession at some time, just about every budget lens I can I could even think of. Um, and this would have been, this probably would have been the, um, the lens I picked up last month. Uh, the, the Petri uh, Kuribayashi Oracle 50 F2, but I've got one. I've got oh. it now. Um, yeah. that, that was the relatively cheap lens and I didn't pay too much for it. Um, that would have been my obvious pick. So, no, I think it's uh, the only the, the only one I could really think about it. It's a lens that I've spoken about on the show before, and it's a lens that I've owned and sold, and it's one of the very few lenses that I've actually regretted uh, selling, and that is the the M forty two Mamiya fifty millimeter f two the one that's pretty much the same as quite a few other brands, and I'm pretty sure it's exactly the same as the uh, the Yashinon uh as well um and it's the one with a straight ribbed um focus ring a bit like the uh our favorite one three fives. that that kind of that kind of shape and it's uh and it's got a bit of chrome on it and so on it's a really good looking lens but it also is a lens that's just really painterly um i never used it on film and i think i'd only ever want to use it on digital i think uh, because the the outer focus uftar is um it's particularly nice with that lens it's, it's quite reminiscent of the uh, schneider uh, zenon uh, 51.9 it's got a similar kind of look to the out of focus areas and, that, and and that's high praise in my opinion um, but the fact is i've had it and yes i would like to have another one again but it'd be almost the case of just having one for the sake of having it um, when i've got that schneider and which one would i pick up and i'd probably pick the schneider up now um, so yeah it's a slightly slightly weak answer on the on the budget one um but that would be that was that's probably what it would be
1: I really like those kinds of focus rings that style, yeah, yeah, they feel really good,
0: well, it certainly handles better than the snyder i mean that's that is one thing in its favor so if i'm if I'm feeling particularly lazy and I wanted that look, then there's a reasonable chance I would take that out instead mm-hmm. because handling matters I've said this oh yeah. many, many times. You know, you can have the best optical lens for whatever it is you're trying to achieve, but if there's something that's almost as good but just works far more easily, i will just take the one that works easy, the one that you're happiest using. Uh, because generally, I, you know, I keep saying it: if you're happy with your equipment, then that's what you're gonna you're gonna get the most out of it.
1: Yeah, would, it's so important. I mean, you know, the, I, I never use my Voitlander fifty three point five Heliar LTM for precisely that reason. Optically, the rendering is some of the most beautiful I've ever seen in any lens, but oh my god, the handling is atrocious. So it just it sits on my shelf because I never want to actually use it. I want the pictures, I want the results, but I don't want to put the lens in my hand. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good argument for it. Mm. It's a nice pick. It's the only it's the only normal lens in our budget category, too. Well, there you go. What can you say?
0: <laughs> so uh okay. Well that's our 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 budget uh one now how about what We're talking about is reasonably priced, not necessarily budget lenses, but aren't uh, too expensive. If that's is
1: the realistic category, yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, Johnny, what, what, what have you got in there? Uh, you may as well do camera and lens at the same time.
2: I will do that. Um, and again, this would only be realistic considering I'm asking Santa for it. I could, mm-hmm. I can't afford this combo, although it's not an over the top combo price-wise will cost you far less than any fancy new mirrorless camera. So, there's that. So, mine would be um, a Leica 3A with a 3.5 CM Elmar uncoated. So, and 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 this to me is like, so a couple things. Um, this is the camera famously that uh, that Carl kind of sniped out from under me that I had held at the (laughs) camera shop for about a year Um, so this is the camera that that we had at Central Camera we had this really trashy beat up old 3A right that had an engraving on it and it was you know I played with it every day and I'm like this thing really grew on me Um, and then a really good customer bought it and he had it for a while and then he sold it across town to um, to Marken and then to, and and he because he he basically traded it in for I think a three F, mm-hmm. and then Tamarkin turned around and sold it on eBay, but not under their own name because they were too embarrassed to do that. No, they sold it under their other account that you don't know is Tamarkin, where they sell all the crapola <laughs> that they would be too embarrassed to sell at Tamarkin, right? So, I. Saw it there, I'm like, well, dang, second time around, I'm going to go buy this thing, right? And I, and I went and I got on the CTA on my lunch break and, and rode over to Tamarkin. and I said, hey, you guys got the 3A, that really that trashy one that looks like it went through the meat grinder. And he's you know, got a customer there, right, who's basically kind of within earshot. And he's like, camera? What camera? I don't know. I've never heard of that camera before. <laughs> and pretended he didn't have it. I love Dan, he's great. But he, he did this deadpan thing that was hilarious. So I'm like, all right, fine. I guess I'll just go buy it on the website or whatever, you know. So I'm I'm on the train headed back and I'm 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 talking to Carl. I'm like, no, I didn't buy it. I was a little PO'd. He's like, well, good, because I just bought it. <laughs> 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 so, so 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 Carl bought it. Um and, you know, famously, then this became his favorite camera, right? He loved this camera. And I was mm. really glad that he had it. And I was only mildly annoyed with him uh, thereafter because he he loved it so much and he got so much joy out of it. So, but that is not that I'm not saying I want that exact camera. That is, um, as far as I know, is is with Todd where it belongs. Uh, Carl's brother which is great uh, but I do want a 3a and because to my way of thinking it is the best of all of the Leica screw mount versions and the reason I say that is it has that nice uh separation between the 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 focused peephole and the framing peephole and it has that little diopter built in right next to the focus peephole. Like right yeah, next that's a to nice it. touch. It's really nice. To me, it is the most like intuitively done of all the Leicas as far as the diopter little bit there for uh, the focus side. I just really like that arrangement and I think having a little separation between the two windows is actually more helpful than to have them right next to each other. Um And I just like the handling of it. It feels a little bit like... It feels like the last uh, real Barnack to me. Like, after that, they got a little... Like, I think, actually, was that not the last one he was actually involved in? I can't remember now. But it feels like... It feels archaic, right? It feels like an old-school... The Red Mount Leica before they started putting frame lines on the you know the last model and all that, which I really don't like that one, but it's, uh, yeah, this the one three
1: G, yeah,
2: yeah I, like I just I eh, whatever this to me this is like the epitome of that whole Leica Barnack experience would, it, is the three A, so the three A and then the three point five cm Elmar, which is that we've talked about this before. I don't have one. It's just far enough out of my realistic price range, right? That it would be a Santa realistic price range, but not a Johnny realistic price range. So it's just far enough out. So that on the camera together, if I was going to try to buy that combo and it was a working 3A that didn't need to be overhauled, it's gonna, that's going to be around a grand, I would say, those mm-hmm. two things together, which is more than I would want to drop on a camera. But hey, Santa, if you want to bring it to me, that's totally cool. Um, and the lens, you know, I've gone off on this lens before it's in my triumvirate of Leica screw mount lenses that I actually want. Uh so that would be the 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 one le- leica screw mount camera and lens combo that I would most like to have.
1: Yeah you you know the uh these Barnacks I have a black paint Leica 3F. Oh, and those are is, nice it's so enjoyable to those use those are so nice those three F blacks it's so it's such a joy to shoot with, yeah. um especially on the street. It's so small it feels great in the hand, uh even though it doesn't have a proper advanced lever, just twiddling that little yeah dial. It's fun. It, it fits perfectly between your your fo- uh first finger and your thumb right uh what's that your index finger that's the word I was looking for yeah, they're so nice,
0: yeah. There's, I mean, I've I've had a few uh, barnacks, and, and I've mentioned this before. The I've had, the first had the three C, didn't really get on with it, and I didn't get on that well with the the three G. Although I liked, I like the look of the three G, um, but the the camera I preferred of 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 that style was the Fed S, um, the, the the Soviet made one uh, before they got completely rubbish. Uh, Yeah, that's an, that's a nice camera. Yeah, yeah, um, and I don't know what it is about that camera that I. That I like and why I like that over the over the other type, I, I just I just don't know. But it just just felt really really good. So I'm not sure if that's actually based off the A or uh, or. Which I
1: think one? it's based off the F. Uh, but well,
0: be- well, well, it's going to depend on when it came out. Was this camera is 1939?
2: They're talking uh, about that would be the A
0: then, yeah, yeah. That's the original Fed, right? You're talking about the original. I think. Well, you got the Fed. I think the the Fed one was the original, um, and this is a vari- I think it's a variation of it. It's certainly not the same as the uh, as the Fed one, which has got a thousandth uh shutter speed oh okay yeah okay um so it uh, so it's probably more closely related it's more probably a a more of a direct copy rather than the an adapted copy i'm I'm guessing but uh,
1: especially if it's 39 because the 3a was uh 1938 they stopped production yeah yeah Yeah, so that 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 makes sense Uh, but yeah it's just a lovely
0: camera but i've I've just never quite understood why why i like it
1: Uh, i know right they just, they just, they're just nice to use. Yeah, yeah. No, you know the the other barnacks that I think are really nice are um, the ones made by Leotax. Oh, those are so nice. Yeah, yeah I, I have three of them, and they are they're a little bit larger than the Leicas, um, but they're really, really well made, and they just got a few really nice touches to them. Um, where yeah, they're a joy to shoot with. Yeah. So is that. There's that.
0: I mean, it's it's not the same, but I get the same kind of joy, though, out of using that. Although i have not used it properly, but handling it, I should say that uh, Yashika YF uh, Nicker. Oh, uh, oh uh, yeah, which yeah. Is such a weird hybrid of uh, of Barnack and uh, M Styling, um, but that's. I think that's just a lovely camera to use in the same way as I really like that Fed S.
1: So, yeah. Right, and let's, so wait, let's wait, 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 oh, wait, wait. Okay. Before we move on to anyone else, so Johnny. Yeah. Uh speaking of that lens. Yeah,
2: Perry. <laughs> what
1: do you have to say uh, about that, Perry? The lights Elmar uh three point five <laughs> centimeter f three point five, specifically the uncoated version, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so I paid a little visit today to uh to my buddies at Photopia because I, I haven't bought a lens since the end of October, which is which is quite a long time for me. And uh Mike Gutterman told us today that uh camera-related purchases for ourselves count as Christmas presents. So I thought, I think I've been reasonably good this year. Um, I'm <laughs> going to get myself a little Christmas present. Uh, so after getting a 20% off uh, Perry price at Photopia, I have now in front of me uh, sitting on my Leica M2 a Lights Elmar 35 centimeter F 3.5 Uncoded version with the distance scale marked in meters. And uh, I just picked this up today. Completely serendipitously. I had no idea this was going to be on your Christmas wish list. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know, Perry. So I have the 51.5. I've got this now. So all I need is the 28.5.6. Yes. And and
2: you would have the, yes, exactly. You would have the triumvirate. That's the three that, those are the three that are on my list.
1: I see why you love this lens. Um, I, I've been eyeing this for a while because we have talked about it, but I, it, it's just, you know, as we mentioned, there's always something else that you want a little bit more. Um, but the price is right. And my God, this thing is beautiful. It's so small. Like my M2 is, I think, pretty much pocketable if I yeah, wanted to. I'm it's, not, I'm not it's, abs-
2: it's absurdly small. It's smaller than a collapsed 5-centimeter Elmar.
1: And I tried it on my uh, 240 and my Sony earlier. Yeah. Um, and it has that wonderful low contrast look that is particularly gorgeous in black and white. Yeah. Um, but the, sh- the center is astonishingly sharp. Yeah. For a lens of this age. Oh, it was a very solid performer as well. I mean, it's just one of those lenses because it, the aperture dial is is in that irritating little, uh, you know, tab at the front. Yeah. It's one of those sort of set it and forget it. You know, street right. lenses that you set yeah. the aperture at f eight, uh, and then you just go, and that's right.
0: Awesome. Right. I, I just you just said something there about a sharp for a lens of that of that age. Um, Let this week or the yeah last week, um, I developed uh, a photograph, um, a large format photograph uh, that I shot with a Carl Zeiss lens not sure the, the exact model um but it was probably made in around about 1890 yeah um and the this the photo I took was underexposed because I forgot what film I was using and uh yeah I thought it had 400 film and he was actually 100 Foma, which is not a good combination um but the the center of the image where it was a picture of my dad actually and uh and it's just absolutely razor sharp and it was taken wide open the the edges weren't great but the fact is you yeah, know that was a, a lens that was getting on for 130 years old <laughs> so people yeah, you know, people have been making lenses that are sharp at least in the center for a very very long time mm-hmm. um, but uh, this was just extraordinary for such a, such an old lens uh, but yeah so lenses that are sharp in the middle um, even if they were like made in the in the 30s or 40s, it's, it's it sort of sounds like it should be a big deal, but I don't think it was. I think yeah, central sharp, sharpness have been
2: pretty much cracked for quite <laughs> well, some
1: time. It,
2: let's just say it's a big deal on a smaller format. Let's put it that way. Yeah,
1: and on a lens this size,
2: yeah, that to me that's what's
1: yeah that's what's really neat about that one. It's yeah. it's half the length. Of a Leica M rear cap, yeah, like yeah. that's yeah. how tiny this thing is.
2: Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and yeah. it's a Tessar design, right? Essentially, four element. Uh, I, is it? I'm not sure. I, I I'm not sure, but if it is, it's one of those 35 millimeter Tessars that's uh, acceptable to Simon.
2: <laughs> it
0: is because right. it's the, because it's a, it's a, a semi wide. Um, so yeah, they've they've always of course I don't have problems with Tessels anymore, as, as as I've said, um <laughs> I've been on record of saying that, so it must be true. Um but the previous in the previous life I uh, I didn't have a problem with thirty five millimeter tessels.
1: Yeah. I, I can't wait to shoot this thing on black and white film. I just have to find a yellow filter uh, for it, which is yeah. gonna be a bit of a pain. But I guess like A thirty six yellows aren't that hard to find. Right
2: um oh yeah i guess i guess yeah no they you, you you should be able to find those they're gonna be easier than the <laughs> than the 41 millimeter i guess yeah, yeah. no you, you'll you'll you should be able to find those sweet yeah I'm I'm even I might even have
1: Hey is there a hood for up. this that controls the aperture too? Uh
2: there is actually Perry. Because I know it's,
1: the fifty has that and it's super cool.
2: Yeah, there is. It's in the um old I have the Leica catalog at work, like the old accessory catalog, and it is in there. Um so yes, there is su- there is such a thing. And of course you really need it.
1: Uh, they sh- don't make
2: as a matter of fact, Perry. I, I you should have put that on your oh, that was me. That was your wish list. <laughs> I should put that on my that. wish list with lens hood. Yeah. Should put that on my wish list. Awesome. Yeah. I'm just looking for the lens diagram on that now cuz now I'm really really curious to see what it is cuz I for some reason I thought it was not a tessar design but it it very yeah, well it could, be,
1: could well. be. Uh here we go. I got it. Yeah, it's a tessar. Is it? Okay. All right. Yeah, it's a squished. It's a squished Tessar. It's a squished Tessar. Yeah,
2: yeah. Or I, I, they would probably like would like to say squished Elmar, but whatever. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, let, let's let's head for Hong Kong because I think uh, Perry, you've been you've been really good on your your budget level lens. So um, I'm now interested in hearing your realistic level uh, lens and camera.
1: Okay. Uh, I think the lens is perfectly acceptable um, as far as realistic budgets go. The, the camera is a little bit of a stretch, but you'll see why. Uh, so let me start with the lens. Uh, the lens I want is continuing in Johnny's vein of tiny, tiny, tiny lenses uh, for LTM. I would like a Canon 25 millimeter f3.5 LTM lens. 25. 25. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because... I do not have any LTM or M mount lenses between 21 and 28. I have 21, I have 28, but nothing in between because the viewfinder... Why is that funny?
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking of uh, Graham from the Sunday 16 podcast who's probably listening to this and rolling his eyes that that you that you need a camera, that uh, you need this lens because you don't have a lens that be, between 21 and 28 millimeters. <laughs> it's a big difference. That's like moderate wide to ultra wide, right so we want uh, to- I get it, I'm with you I'm with you but uh, there you go some some people don't view things in quite the way that they should like we do
1: yeah, you're wrong, die uh, <laughs> even, even though you didn't say anything um but uh this lens is really small, it's so small um I've seen it in person, and I can't believe how thin it is you know that the, the yeah. twenty eight millimeter canon is thin. This yeah. is like a good 30 40% thinner than it. Um and yet it still handles pretty well with the the tab. Uh, and it's got a really satisfying vintage rendering. It's got this just beautiful vignette when you yeah. shoot it wide open because it's been squished so much. Um and you know yeah I, I, that's why that's why I want this lens. Johnny, yeah, don't time. tell me you have one as
2: well. No, no, no. I don't I I mean that's this is a lens where I just like don't even think about it. I just got the the snapshot scope bar because i'm like yeah right. i'm not i'm not, not going to spend any brain space worrying about finding that lens because it's not going to happen
1: now a big difference between this lens and the snapshot scope bar is this one is actually rangefinder coupled
2: yeah well i have this i have the my so oh you have enough, the,
1: the S, s I have mount the, mount version
2: right i have the s mount version which is actually rangefinder coupled so i yeah, can use that rangefinder on coupled on a you know on a kiev or a you know, a Nikon, which I no right. longer own. Um, but, but the rendering is so much different. I mean, it's, you know, totally it's, different. Yeah. I mean, it's like a completely modern rendering versus a classic. Yes. Rend- so it, it's, it's like, if you just wanted to fill that focal length
1: slot, then I would get the Zeiss ZM. Or the, well, Santa, okay. But, yeah, yeah. That too. Right? That's or, or another great. Scopar, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, but, Oh man, the uh yeah, that 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 canon is that's a nice lens.
1: Yeah, it's it's flavorful, right? <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> now onto the camera, uh, which is a little bit pricier. The, the the reason I've chosen this camera to put this lens on is because I don't have a 25 millimeter external viewfinder, obviously, because I don't have the lens. Uh and I don't really want to get uh, a 25 millimeter. Viewfinder because it's going to be very lens specific. Uh, so what I've gone for for the camera instead is a Voigtlander Bessa R4M. Oh, okay. This is a camera that I have severe gas for. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, you sound skeptical.
2: No, no, no. I'm just surprised. i no. It's
1: good in a good way. Because it is a one-of-a-kind lens. Uh, lens. It's a one-of-a-kind camera. Because even though it's a BESA, um, it's it's a fully mechanical BESA, the M version. The R4A uh, is electronic and has aperture priority. Right. I don't want that. The frame lines on this go from 21 to 50. So the frame lines on this camera are 21, 28, 28. A 21, 25, 28, 35, and 50. Um, in it, They pair up, which is really unique because what this means is you don't need an external viewfinder to shoot 21 millimeters or 25 millimeters or 28 millimeters uh, on this camera, which is insane if you <sighs> think about that. Yeah. Right? You have a native 21 millimeter parallax corrected rangefinder coupled a single finder built into the camera with nothing sticking up on top. Um, and someone listed this locally the other day and I messaged him five minutes after he listed it. And I was like, I want this cause it was new in box for a really good price. And oh wow. Yeah. Jeez. And he said, sorry, man, you're third in line. <laughs> <So> <laughs> within five minutes, two guys got there before me or two people got there before me. And I, I'm a little heartbroken by that. Um, but there's nothing else like this. I don't know of any other rangefinder that has, you know, this viewfinder. Obviously it's for wide angles, and I really love shooting wide angles. But there is that slight moment where you switch from the focusing rangefinder to the external finder, which for the most part is not a problem, but it is a totally different shooting experience when it's integrated, especially when you're shooting quickly. And I, I want that. I want that so bad. I hate those two guys. <laughs> wow all right plus the the short the short base length of the Bessa is not a uh, is not so much of an issue
2: um, no when you're talking about
1: this width at all right you're just kind of ballparking it yeah yeah there we go
0: simon i think simon's the skeptical one i have i have nothing to add Uh, i I just i just don't get it with these Bessas. i really don't um, and we've gone over it. I know that they they they're better. They feel better than. Well, you tell me that they feel better than the best L.
1: Oh, the R four series feels totally different. Yeah, there
0: was a there was a I forget which there was another Besser that I had recently, which was a bit nice. It had it, it was on the was it oh, I don't know what model numbers. It was one of the early ones with the with the range finder, and it it did feel better than the L, but it just it still felt like a casino and I'm sure, and I know the casinos mm. are good cameras and they're very reliable and they'll keep on going long after, you know, um, more uh, luxurious uh, branded cameras or uh, made cameras are, are, are long dead. Um, but I just, I just can't get enthusiastic about such a camera. It's just, it's just, just doesn't feel good to me and I, I need it to feel good.
1: Yeah, that, that's understandable. I mean, there, there's two things about this, three things about this camera. Um, the only thing I don't like about this series, which they changed in the R3 line, is the aesthetics. Because yeah. where the film rewind uh, dial is on the, R, the R2 the uh, R series, it's a diagonal bevel, like a diagonal edge. And they turned it into this weird 90 degree thing with a, a different uh, right. rewind knob. And yeah. I think that looks stupid. Um, but, but it's I it's not really, as elegant. Yeah. No, it's it, not it's, as elegant. Yeah. The lines are more, I don't know. I'm sure there's some fancy like design school that describes the difference between these, but, but it, it, it yeah. I, I think Johnny, I mentioned this to you a while back and you were like, you had never noticed that before and now you yeah. cannot unsee it. No,
2: that's exactly right. I, I, I I'd never really bothered it never really even occurred to me brain space wise and then you mentioned it and i could never unsee it and then i think oh perry's totally right (laughs)
1: yeah um but the other thing about this camera is um maximum shutter speed is 2000 which is a nice touch over a leica uh and the frame lines are the 21 frame line appears with the 35 um and so the 21 is pretty much the whole finder 25 appears with 50 And the 50 millimeter frame line is roughly the size of like a 90 millimeter frame line on a a normal rangefinder, like a Leica. So it's a tiny postage stamp that you wouldn't really use. Um, But then the 28 appears on its own and the magnification is so low that, but the viewfinder is so big that you can see well outside the frame when you're shooting 28. And that is super, super cool to me. So I just think about this in terms of sort of the way that Johnny thinks about pairing up his cameras. That if you've got this with a wide angle on it and then like, I don't know, an M3 or like a CL or just an, an, another normal Leica, then you have the entire spectrum of frame lines covered natively and it just, oh, it would work so well in my bag.
2: I, I can I can see that. I, I, I can definitely see that, Perry. I mean, personally, I, I don't mind the external pop on the top rangefinders at all with the wide angle stuff. I actually mm-hmm. kind of Prefer it, but I, I can see what you mean because it just makes things so easy if you want to carry around you know more than one lens and you don't want to be using an external finder. I mean, I can totally see that.
1: Makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean I, I like external finders as well. I like them a lot. In fact, I like them so much that I've got a 2835 mini finder coming tomorrow. Oh dang. Yeah, I found one for like 150 bucks. Oh, nice. Um, but those are but, those are beautiful. Yes, they, they're so nice. But um, the, the, the thing here is there's two things about them. As I mentioned, that moment of switching your eye just breaks your uh, intense engagement with what you're shooting uh, just for just for a tiny moment. And for me, I mean, these days I'm shooting like riot police and stuff, right? So that slight moment can sort of take me out of out of what I'm doing. But but I think more importantly, uh, I, the camera bag that I carry is tiny and an external viewfinder actually does make it difficult to oh, yeah, makes sense. multiple cameras at, at a comfortable angle. Yeah, makes sense. So that's my realistic option. These things are not cheap. They're like, I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to it.
1: that was, was going to be my next comment. <laughs> they're, they're, I don't know, what, 1500 5, bucks ish Realistic for Santa, okay. Yeah, yeah Santa's going to bring me one. it's realistic for Santa. Simon. Yeah,
0: I'm going to drag the conversation away, kicking and screaming away from LTM and rangefinder cameras again. (laughs) Um, Oops. And uh, and I'm going to go with, uh, camera-wise, I'm going to go with the last of the Canon F1 cameras um i can't remember if that's the f1n or the new f1 or the new f1n or what i get really confused and many people have explained it to me and i just forget it just goes in one ear out the other i just can't can't quite hold on to which one's which but the last one uh, is is the one that i want and uh, with the, uh Aperture Priority head on it. Um, although I actually think about it. I was listening to the classic camera revival the other day and they were suggesting that isn't actually the best one to go for. They reckon that the one that came before it, whichever. Oh it. yeah. Yeah. But not the first one, but like the middle one. So that might be the one to go for, but I like the uh, look of the last one. I, I know you don't like it, Johnny, but I do. I, I love it. I think it's just a, it's a good looking camera and it feels good in my hand.
2: So um, you find a, a bottle washed up on the shore of a deserted island with a genie right and you can have three wishes and one of yours is for a f-ing fd camera <laughs> seriously <laughs> yeah yeah it is it is and there
0: the, there is there is a reason um for 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 wanting one of those and uh and i and I've, I've mentioned it before i've for for just just look not look fate or whatever it is that all of my macro lenses are canon fd mount every okay. one of them. Yeah. all right so and um so what what's what's that? I've got a uh what have I got I have a, I'd say every I'm, oh yes I've got three macro lenses yeah so I've got the I've got a vivitar 55 2.8 macro I I've got the vivitar series 1 bokina uh 90 mm 2.5 and a 200 millimeter f4 macro um those the, go on
2: no go ahead
0: yeah those last two lenses you know, the, the 90 and the 200 are absolutely amongst my two best lenses that i own full stop and uh, and i do not have the ability to shoot them on uh, film although you could argue i'd, I'd probably generally prefer to shoot them on digital but i'd like that i like to have the option and then there's another lens that, that's a real favorite of mine and that's the um my knackered fungus filled roll down a road um fd 135 f2 uh, which is just a really wonderful lens that i prefer to use that than my pristine samyang 135 f2 so that's that's really my justification for wanting that uh,
2: that F one or maybe a T ninety if it worked. So couldn't you just ask Santa for those three lenses in a different mount? No, <laughs> not
0: not not my. I couldn't. No, two of those lenses I couldn't uh, because one is that uh, the two hundred f four Canon FD lens. Well, that was a that was like an extra, just add on. You were talking about the macros. It was, but it's still. It is a macro. It's a two hundred okay. millimeter macro. Oh no, I meant the one thirty five f two. Yeah, but those Perfect. those those two are awesome. Uh, but yeah, the the other two, the the two Vivitars, yes. They, they, they oh, could, they fine, Simon.
2: But no, those you can two. have a you can have a new <laughs> F
0: one. Thank you. You like, <laughs> the, you, like the, you like the you like the original one, don't you? With with no bells and whistles.
1: Yeah, I like the old school, old 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 school original yeah. F one. Do but, you actually like it, or is it your least disliked? No, I actually like it.
2: I, I really like it. That's it's a beautiful camera. It's, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it's real. It's really nice. And if you put an adapter on it, you could use lenses that aren't f you know fd on it. It would be great.
1: Well, I mean, the rationale makes sense <laughs> though because fd I'm lenses kidding. are so irritating to adapt.
2: No, I that an an original f one with like a uh. 51.4 ssc on it that would be just killer that would be yeah. great yeah
0: or even the the fl which was one of carl's favorite lenses yeah mm-hmm. yeah 50 yeah. 51.4 so yeah. uh no all, all all good there so uh okay so that's that's my camera let's let's uh move it on to lenses and th- this was this was a tricky one because actually the, the lenses that i'm actually most interested in at the moment are actually large format so uh that's gonna bore the tears out of people who listen to this podcast no doubt so i'll oh, do it then <laughs> <laughs> um and this was a this was a bit of a toss-up um between two lenses one One I've been after for as long as I've been looking. In fact, actually longer uh, than I've been uh, looking for the uh, the, Petri Oracle. um, And that's the Olympus OM 50mm F2 Macro. Um, Oh. Yes. Mm. And they
2: tend to go. I mean, yes. I I had one of those at the shop like a month ago. uh Didn't I tell you that? No, no. I, I didn't know it was so high on your list. I had one of those for ages at the shop.
0: Yeah. I've been keeping my mouth shut our people out there might get one, but now it's, <laughs> uh, it's a case of now I've been looking for one for three years at a sensible price. It hasn't happened and it's probably not oh, going man. to happen. So, uh, yeah, knock yourself out guys. Go, <laughs> go get one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that's, uh, yeah, I, to be honest, I, I've, I've wanted it for so long. I'm not too sure if that's actually, if it really belongs there now. Um, because Mm. do i I really want it anymore um but i think i do i think i want it to experience it because it's one of those legendary lenses that's just meant to be just one of the greatest 50 millimeter lenses ever made um which is a good enough reason in itself to at least get hold of one and try it um whether it is or not i don't know but it's just one of these things that was written once on an article on the internet many years ago that if you do a search for best 50 millimeter lenses there's a reasonable chance this will be in the top 10 um but how many people have actually tried this lens i don't know but i've got a reasonable confidence that it will be a really good lens because it's a it's of a similar line to the 100 millimeter f2 olympus lens which i own which mm. is an incredible lens there's no yeah. two ways about it you know I, I've, I view that lens higher than the than the the, the colds ice equivalent it's it's just a amazing lens um so if the if the 50 f2 is is of the same ilk and i believe it is then I, it will be a fantastic lens but do i really need it anymore um that that's a question and would i actually even even a reasonably priced one's still going to be around about say say 200 pounds 250 dollars um that would be quite cheap and would i if i saw one at that price would i buy it and i'm not 100 sure i would but if santa gave it to me then yeah i'd be very very happy so yeah uh, so yeah
1: that that uh that 100 millimeter plus that 50 if you slap a olympus 21 f2 um Mm. to go with it that would be almost an ideal slr setup for me Mm. that sounds good
2: yeah
0: (laughs) i I don't even like olympus cameras that much but (laughs) that might force me into it maybe so there there we go so that's uh, that's uh, that's my realistic um range so let's let's go into uh Unobtainium. um i think that's one of one of the descriptions that was used for um how we were going to define this this uh, this this conversation um, oh, so yeah. let's go to Johnny and your uh, your your lens that the chances are Santa isn't going to be bringing to you Anytime soon.
2: Mm, Well, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot and I, there are two, two cameras that would be vying for, Oh boy, for this spot on my list. Um, And it's almost a coin flip as to which one I would really like to have the most. Um, Okay. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say for me, and I I guess I could say where they both are, but the one I'm going to put this at the top of the list would be the Voigtlander Bessa three wide six, six, seven.
1: Oh yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think that's going to go. I think that's going to beat out even my other choice, which would have been, uh, the uh Plaubel uh very wide so the you know the brooks Plaubel brooks very wide Mm. um only because i think actually i think the six seven format appeals to me in some ways more with what's essentially a 28 millimeter equivalent lens it to me that sounds like it like an absolutely amazing walk around a bull uh kind of landscape and urban landscape camera and th- because it's that six seven angle of view and this will also shoot six six as well it'll shoot six six or six seven um but it's 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 a wider lens than you usually find in any kind of like you know 120 folder um mm-hmm. Which to me is 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 really kind of appealing. So it would be a different, it would be a different angle of view than I would normally get with the camera like that. It essentially would be. Um, doesn't the uh, what do you call it? Um, the Makina wide. It would essentially be the same, I think, angle of view, right? Is that a twenty-eight millimeter?
1: I think you're right, but I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure yeah. so
2: and and the thing that I like about the best of three is that it's a fix it's it's a fixed lens. It's not like a folding mechanism, and to me, it seems like and it's also an aperture priority, yeah, because I think that would be kind of amazing for a camera of that size, so it's got a few things that I think make it really, really unique in that uh sort of format and angle of view. So it it would be something completely different than I could do any other way. I mean, even even like the the Brooks. I mean, there's uh, other ways around that to get something that's it, it's it, you know it's a six by nine. So it's a which is which is great, but I actually I feel like I like six seven. I I just like that aspect ratio a little bit better, in mm-hmm. some ways than six nine for a wide lens. You know what I'm saying? Like like. Yeah. The the the, the Brooks Verowide. It's almost like you're just replicating a 35 millimeter frame aspect ratio, right? And the the six seven is something a little bit to me different than that. Um. So yeah, I think that I've got to say is going to be my unobtainium.
1: Oh, I'm so on board with the choice. The, this camera is amazing. I mean, the size. It's yeah. it's. Super compact for what it is, right? Right. right. Uh, because it's not a folder, it's going to be sturdier right. than the uh, the the non the, the folding version, right, right? Um, and I mean, it's got a beautiful Bessa viewfinder. Yeah, that's a good choice. That's such a good choice.
0: I've I've never seen this camera before. I've just had to look it up while we're while we're on. And actually, the 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 one that came. Up first, was I didn't actually get put the W in there for the for the wide was the one with the eight mill lens. Yeah, the yeah, folder. That, that's the folder. Yeah. yeah,
2: but it's got a helio. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: No, that's that's nothing to. Yeah, right. I mean, that's like which which of those two do you pick? Yeah, that, you that'd know. be the
0: one for me. Uh, there's got to be something I said there. That it's something I want to say that the 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 rangefinder base doesn't look particularly big. It looks large, yeah. largely the same as something for 35 millimeter
1: yeah. yeah as with all Bessas, they have a short base length um which is yeah which is what makes the wide angle even more appropriate
0: yeah, yeah but I, I don't i don't want the wide
1: angle i want the helio <laughs> that, that one i know this that's is my really choice, nice but you know the, the food fu- the fuji version of the um yeah the fuji that's right it's cheaper
2: yeah the right the fuji version that was my other kind of like If I was going to go for the folding version, it would be the Fuji rather than the Bessa. Yeah.
1: I I think the lens is the same. They just call it something. I
2: think it's the same too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. It's really nice, Simon. Yeah, Yeah, I (laughs) I agree.
0: I'll be happy with either of them. I've got to say I've never, you know, for something I've never seen before, Uh I'm I'm into either of these quite happily.
1: Well, well, you know, when, when it was new and, and still available new, it was selling uh for around a thousand US dollars. Yeah. Um but yeah. now if you want to get they're one, just yeah they're they're <laughs> they're way, way up there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, that's such a nice camera. Oh, I'm shook.
0: Yeah, you like that.
1: Good choice. <laughs>
0: Um, so how about, how about on the lens front? Or is that, ca- oh, that counts. As it it's got a lens on it. It's yeah. both, isn't it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's camera and lens. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah. Well, uh,
0: Simon. Oh uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go, go next then. So, um, okay. On the lens front, I'm going to go with a lens that I've had, had possession for a week or so. Um, I really didn't want to give it up, and that's the Meyer Super Six two-inch F two inch F2 oh. and the Stigma. Oh. Wow! Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel exactly that way. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you know, I, I it was, and I've spoke about it before. And it and all I had was the optical block. Uh, that was it. And uh, but I managed to ad- adapt it onto a helicoid, and then I just ran round, just taking photographs whenever I could do and it it, i I don't know whether or not i just was just extremely lucky with the lighting conditions when i was using it That the lighting conditions were permanently perfect all of the time or whether it was the lens because sometimes you can go out with a with a with what you expect to be a good lens and the light can be awful and nothing looks interesting and, and everything's bad but i took it out on about three occasions and just every time i looked through the lens it it delivered whether I took the shot or not is, is another matter but I did take some shots with it and the shots are lovely there's a there was a oh, the, the the rendering was beautiful it's it's that sharp not sharp not not sharp look that uh, we've talked about in the past and it, it was just a thing of beauty um so I'd I'd love to have one of those but uh yeah I think they they're going upwards of uh Six thousand dollars and up, something like uh-huh. that. And you can keep on going depending on condition.
1: And and if you get the original LTM mount uh for the witness camera, for the Ilford witness camera, yeah. those sell for about fifteen thousand pounds up. Yeah. Yeah. So that is definitely in Obtainium. But man, that's a good choice. <laughs> that lens is so nice. Yeah, I, f- I feel I feel privileged
0: that I had uh, an opportunity to, to to run one. Like I say, even though it was just an optical block, it was it was one of the nicest lenses I've ever used. Yeah. It was gorgeous.
1: And it's fine if you're shooting it on a Sony. Sticking on an opt- the optical block on a helicoid is the best way to shoot it anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <sighs> so uh, yeah, that sort of speaks for itself then, really. Um, and camera wise. Uh hmm, this was an interesting one and and the the first thing that actually came into my mind is the one I'm gonna stick with as well. And that's the Sony A7R four.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So uh, yeah. Um God, I thought Perry was uh, wasting one with a with a <laughs> micro four thirds camera yeah well that's it too
0: we've got we've got two digital choices although we don't know what Perry's on obtainable choices at the moment <laughs> it's Not um, digital <laughs> yeah he probably, he probably won't be though. um yeah it's it's a case of um i mean my my sony a7 uh mark ii i've had it now i think it's five years it's five, five years old and it looks five years old um is it has not aged uh particularly well uh, which is, I think that's been generally one of the criticisms leveled at Sony cameras, uh, they, they they, don't really age well. I mean, I'm, I'm not too sure if really modern Canon and Nikons aged that well, but certainly compared to, uh, I mean, I've got a D500, which it's not as old, but it looks absolutely pristine. And it's it's been used reasonably heavily. Um, whereas the the, the Sony, yeah, it does not look fresh by any stretch of the imagination. There's uh, um, paints come come away from it in places. The uh, some of the rubber. Uh, on the grips is, is stretched, although that can happen with other cameras as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's not looking pretty, but it still works, and I'm still actually happy with it. I'm not actually um, thinking I want a new camera uh, because I've 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 largely managed to get out of that attitude of of upgrading. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the 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 Mark III came out, uh, there were some things, some features on it that I'd like to have on mine, but increasingly, most of the uh, the the features that have been introduced with these cameras are for digital photography in the, in the fullest sense yeah. of it. Um, so there aren't there aren't that that many things that that the that the Mark three would do better than my Mark II for using old lenses with. Um, there are a few things. I mean, I I, I really love to have a silent shutter, um, although the A7R Mark II has got that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, yeah, the actual the the grip design there's. Grip design is uh, is good on the Mark IV. It's not good on the Mark III, uh, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, especially if you're using a lens that's uh, got a wide diameter. Yeah, so either one of those absolutely huge uh, zoom lenses that you can get for sports and things, which I can barely fit my hand in between the, the lens and the grip. And and when I tried Lawrence Dunn's, um dream lens, uh, this fifty mil zero point nine five, um, it was I was getting my fi- my fingers were getting crushed. Uh, oh yeah,
1: that's gonna that's gonna swallow the camera
0: exactly. But he wouldn't have done it on my Mark II, so yeah. it's. I think they made they really dropped a clanger with that, and I think that on the Mark IV, uh, they didn't make any big fuss about uh, about the the change in the grip. They mentioned that it's going to redesign grip, but I think they redesigned it because people were struggling with the larger lenses. Um, so, uh, but the other part is you know is, I, I think the the a7r mark ii is is an incredible camera um, mm-hmm. but if there was a an a7 mark 4 i'd go with that instead of the R. Because i just i don't really need all those pixels um but i just think that that's that's the the, the best digital camera out there at the moment i mean i like uh the 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 nikon uh z cameras uh, the six and the seven, and i 'll go for a six over a seven for for my usage, but i 'll just be hesitant to go with a mark one um, of of that type of camera uh, so when if they came out with a mark two z six I think that might well be the direction I would want to head into. And the simple reason for that is they, they handle LTM lenses better than Sony's do, including the uh, the new R4. So, um, so yeah, digital camera. I'd, uh, that will be where I would go. It's my unobtainium camera. You're talking about, what, £4,000, maybe less on imports and things like that. That's just way out of range. In fact, that's more than my car was. So, <laughs>
1: you know,
0: um, so uh, yeah, that's where I would go.
1: So, to, uh, a couple things on on this. Um, I get the whole not needing to upgrade. Um, I actually downgraded my Fuji uh, because I wanted a smaller body and did not need all the bells and whistles of the latest XT model that I had. Um, so I totally hear you on that. But on, on the Sony, um, you know, I have an A seven R two, and the silent shutter is nice, but I never use it because the rolling shutter is pretty bad. Uh, and you get some pretty severe rolling shutter effects on on when you're shooting silent and that said you do have to give them credit because i think the ergonomic uh tweaks that they made in the a7r4 are outstanding you know i've played with that camera a little bit as well and i just find it so much more comfortable and intuitive to use um than than my a7r2 so as far as digital cameras goes i think this is totally understandable Okay, um,
0: so Perry,
1: what's your? Oh,
2: th-
1: well, after hearing what you guys chose, I think those are more interesting, and I, I think I want those more. Um, <laughs> well, the, the lenses, not the Sony. Um, and you, but- you, you've had over. You've
0: been thinking about this for over a
1: week, and Johnny and I have just rocked up um, to the podcast and come out with those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm gonna stick by this because I I really really want these things, and if if someone dangled them in front of me, I think I think I might have to like hand over a kidney. Um, so let's start with the camera. Uh, it's pretty boring. It's a Leica, <coughs> but I, I have all of the sort of what I think are the desirable numbered Leicas. You know, M3, M2, M4, M6. I don't have an M7 because it's an M7. Uh, and I don't have an M5 because, you know, people who love M5s, I totally get it. Right. But to me, I mean, what is it you guys say in America? Um, it's chonk. I've never heard that before. No. You, you, you've never heard that term? No. Oh, I I guarantee you a bunch of our listeners don't know, know what I'm talking about. It's chonk. Yeah. Um, Like, it's 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 big. It's chunky. Oh, Chonky, um, okay. Yeah, chonk. Google it. <laughs> Uh, but but all of the the models of Leica have something about them that's just slightly not perfect you know the m two and the m three they have the the take up spool that you have to remove uh the m three doesn't have thirty five millimeter frame lines the m two uh the the what do you call it the film counter dial doesn't reset automatically. Uh, M6 has 75mm frame lines. The M4 I I don't... I like the other style rewind dial. So... My Inobtainium camera uh, is a Leica MP a la carte with the following specs. Uh, And it's unobtainable because Leica discontinued the a la carte program. And uh, most of the ones out there that you'll find for sale are not to this spec. So... Black paint with the classic engraving on the top, uh, the M3, M2 style rewind dial, the MP style advance. What I really want are M2 frame lines on it. Uh, So 35, 50, 90, nothing else. Because that's pretty much all I use. And for some reason, no one gets the a la carte in that spec, which I think is the best spec because you don't have any clutter in the frame lines. And to me, this is just the perfect specced Leica of everything I like from all of the different bodies combined into one. And it's black paint, which makes it infinitely better as well.
2: This is the kind of thing you put on your Christmas list and your dad just smacks you. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Like, like what are you thinking? You you can't have that, kid. Are you crazy? (laughs) Hey, Nobody's been that good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but I, I do find it disappointing that there are so few out there with this frame line configuration because come on it's obviously the best frame line configuration right yeah yeah so no, i that's that's that would be an
2: that would be an amazing that's an amazing wish list super custom for sure
1: i'm not getting my name engraved on it though the, <laughs> i'm not that obnoxious <laughs> Maybe I
2: why don't you could just you could just get like um uh what's the guy's you get somebody else's name engraved on it. Uh you know, and you could say it was their camera or something, that would be even better. Elvis. Yeah, just put Elvis <laughs> on it. Yeah, exactly, Simon. Elvis.
1: <laughs> or the or the Jepson's Malort logo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that would work. Yeah, but if anyone has one out there with this exact configuration uh, and you don't want it anymore, please get in touch with me. <laughs> I, I will I will sell you my firstborn uh, for I will trade you my firstborn for it um, because I want it and you can't get it anymore. All right. Yeah. Whew, I'm sweating. Yeah, um, Lens. I went back and forth a little bit on this. Like Johnny's in Obtanium, uh, there were two. Um, the one that I did not go for was a thirty-five millimeter T two uh, Cook Speed pancro converted to like a M mount. Um, that I, I really want one of those, but but I, I've struck it off my list because they're actually not crazy expensive. I I saw one the other day. Um, in uh, a shop in Hong Kong. Exactly that. 35mm F2 Cookspeed Speed Pancro converted to Leica M-mount with rangefinder coupling for less than $2,000, which, you know... Anyway, the lens I've... <laughs> 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 the, the, the lens I've gone for uh, to go way back to this whole exercise when Johnny brought up a military camera um, is a military lens. Uh, it is the Leica 50mm F2 can lens oh jeez. oh yeah (laughs) stick that on the black paint mp that's that's what i want (laughs) now this lens is extremely rare uh it came with a military camera called the ke7a which is essentially an m4 that's weather sealed and made up to military grade standards i don't want that camera um, and it is almost impossible to find this lens on its own without the original camera that it comes with because only collectors want it. But this lens is a marvel of engineering. Uh, it is, I think, the smallest 50 millimeter F2 M-mount lens. It's absolutely tiny. Uh, it has a similar style focus tab to the version 4 Summicron, so it handles really, really well. But to keep it this small, uh, it is a four-element lens, not a six-element double gauss. And the optical design is unlike any other 50 millimeter I've seen. I'll show you guys a diagram in a bit. But they use some kind of crazy glass in this in order to make mm. it possible. Wow. And I have seen results uh, with this. I was chatting with um, Gilbert from Photopia today about this lens because it's his favorite lens. And it's unbelievably sharp, but it's not modern looking. It's got... Uh, it, it you know the, it's rendering of detail is incredible but it's got this like vintage flavor about it um, so you know you get just I think the best of all worlds it's it's sharp you get incredible pop it's got very very unique looking rendering under the right kinds of circumstances um, but most importantly it's tiny it's a 50 millimeter lens that is the that's smaller than a lot of 35 millimeter lenses and I, I have an obsession with small lenses uh, now. This, this lens will cost you, you know, a kidney. Uh, if you get it with the camera, it'll cost you both kidneys and more. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, if Santa's feeling really generous, uh, this is my inobtainium. I want, I want this lens so bad. <laughs> and I would actually use it. I wouldn't be one of these collectors who would stick it on a shelf. It's like because it's so small, it would have a fixed place in my bag. Oh, man. But I, I just sent you guys a diagram of this. Like, you know, there's nothing like this, right?
0: Well, no, it's. I mean, it's a yeah four four element, but not a Tessar.
1: No, it's nothing like a Tessar. Yeah, yeah, it's got a very odd shaped third element, and it's made. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Yeah, look at Uh, that. That's crazy. And and if you just Google some of if you Google the lens, you'll see a few results from people in Hong Kong who are taking pictures with it, of course. Uh, But those results are wild. Well, I think this is a. A prime candidate
0: for when we get Jason Lane back on the show for yeah, I was just going to say hundred um, where we'll we can go through a few lens designs and just see what his uh, software tells us uh, about these these the characteristics of these lenses. So that that'll be a very interesting one to just check that one out.
1: It'll also yeah. be a really interesting lens to discuss how the materials of the glass, um, yeah. make yeah. A, yeah, yeah, material difference, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing with military-grade equipment: the, the cost is never an issue um, in right. manufacturing it, right? Because it's the military; they're like, "We will pay you whatever you want, as long as you make it uh, up to our standards." Yeah. All right.
0: Excellent. Cool. Okay. Well, I think that's I think that's Christmas done.
1: <laughs> Those are some good choices, guys. Those yeah. are some excellent, yeah. excellent choices.
0: Um, I think we should apologize to to everybody's bank accounts um, if we if we uh, some way affected them uh, with our discussions um certainly some th- food for thought with those i'm just looking at this 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 lights lens it's just quite fascinating
1: it's Elcan. Yeah. oh yeah it's, yeah it's so
0: cool yeah yeah it's something else yeah okay well um i think we're going to have to leave our secondary subject of the day in there, which was we were going to talk a little bit more about travel lenses. I know we've done it before, but we've been, well, one of us has, actually, no, two people have been traveling uh, mm-hmm. recently. So uh, we were going to touch touch upon that, and I think we'll probably do that next time now, maybe. Um, yeah, So, sure. So let's uh, let's delve into our into our post bag.
1: Oh, um, um, Simon, before we do that, can I bring up one uh, follow-up from last week's episode with Anthony? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was listening to it. It was a really good episode. Uh, you know, I have a really soft spot, a real soft spot for folders. So it was a little sad that I couldn't be there. Um, but you guys had this really neat discussion about your plug hole. Um, <laughs> 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 Thank you. Simon's up. plug hole. <laughs> yeah, Simon's plug hole. Um, but but a discussion about uh, sort of avoiding shooting the mundane or or stuff that is sort of overshot. Uh, in your area. And that's just a really interesting discussion to me because it reminded me of, and I mentioned this, but a a long time ago, you posted a picture from your neck of the woods where it was like some sheep on a hill. Yeah. And um, you were like, oh, this is just a mundane, everyday shot of of your, your commute or whatever. And the reaction to the picture, everyone was like, whoa, this is so cool. This is so nice looking. And I think, you know, there's something to be said for that, to be able to see the, the I don't know, the, the photographic and aesthetic impact of a scene or an image that may be mundane to you, um, but as an image, it's strong in and of itself, right? Because, you know, I, I find myself doing that all the time with Hong Kong, especially after seeing Fan Ho's work. That scenes that, you know, because I've lived here for so long, I would have looked at them before and thought, oh, that's, that's boring. There's nothing special there. But then learning to look at them from just a photographic perspective, um, opens up a lot of possibilities. Right. And and I think it's important not to avoid stuff just because you think it's, it's shot a lot or that it's particularly mundane because the plug hole is a super cool scene, uh, first and foremost, but, but even then it's, it's, yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting that you, you were sort of leaning towards avoiding shooting that kind of thing. Because, you know, the only the only photo I posted of uh, that I shot with the horizon was that ridiculous, huge building in Hong Kong where I pointed up. I don't know if you remember that yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a super cliche shot in Hong Kong. Everyone goes there and shoots that. And it's, it's almost like uh, I don't want to do it because this is just this has been done a million times. Um but A, it seemed like a perfect subject for the horizon. But B, shooting it again didn't feel particularly like sort of cheapened in any way because I looked at the final image. And I was like, yeah, this is a compelling image, even though I've shot this thing like a million times. Yeah. And other people have, too, you know.
0: I, th- I think there's, there's something to be said about where social media uh, fits into this um, because – yeah, you know, I've, I've the 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 this plug hole, and just if anybody's not listened to the, that that discussion, it's a uh, it's a, it's an overflow um, device in a reservoir, except it's massive, and uh, and it just loo- it looks like a you know a, a huge version of a bath plug when you, when you're sending the water out, um, and it's and it's very loud, and you wouldn't you certainly wouldn't want to go anywhere near it. Um, and it's fascinating to look at, and you know, when I I was there, I was looking, I think this is just amazing, I've seen it plenty of times before, it is an amazing thing to see, Um, and the reaction that I've had when I've posted this, whether it be on um, Facebook, or Instagram, or or wherever, and it's been followed by, you know, very similar comments, he goes, I'm glad you've done this, it might be, it might have been photographed hundreds of thousands of times, but I've never seen it before and it's really interesting. And I think where my hesitation came in, there's a, a particular group on on Facebook in the, in the area that this was taken in that have just sick to death of seeing plug old photos because it's a case <laughs> of, you know, somebody new to the group will come along oh look at this amazing photograph and go, yeah, yeah, we've, we've been there. Yeah. And, but the fact is it's still amazing it's it doesn't take anything away from it me. i mean it's certainly not in the in the mundane mundane category but it but it's but if i if i wasn't part of that group that has seen this thing so many times i probably would have a different attitude towards it so it's 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 yeah my attitude is led by the environment that i share my imagery in if you like
1: yeah. And, and I mean, there is also a difference. You know, there are the typical touristy shots where I, I think it is possible for it to get old. Right. If you live in Paris, you can only take so many photos of like the Eiffel Tower in Champs-Élysées. Um, but at the same time, you know, in Chicago, I've never been. But But when you say Chicago, to me, I think of scenes in front of the train station on the streets or there's that famous thing that tourists all take photos I, of
2: i was just about to say the, the bean yeah is that, is
1: that what it's called the the reflective blob it's, thing.
2: It's, it's, it's technically it's called the cloud gate but everybody calls it the bean and uh-huh. um yeah i work about three blocks from there and everybody's you know i was this is what i've been thinking of the whole time when when simon says that thing that everybody shot the chicago version of it is definitely the bean yeah
1: yeah but the other thing about chicago that i i find really visually compelling um are the bridges oh yeah right yep Be- because they they go up <laughs> you know? yeah they do yeah and it's such a cool sight and um i don't know i i don't think i would ever get sick of looking at pictures of boats coming through the the <laughs> cuz you normally so see those kinds of like raising bridges near the coast um, yeah. or wh- where, boats are coming like up onto a river from a Delta. Right. Yeah. Whereas right. here they're surrounded by skyscrapers and I don't know of anywhere else where you can see that. And it just looks so cool.
2: Yeah. Right. We get the, the bridges and the skyscrapers. You can have it all. Yeah. Yeah, i just got to say, I was watching
0: um, only a couple of days ago. I watched The Fugitive, uh, the film from '93. Oh yeah, with uh, Tommy sure. Lee Jones and the Harris, Harrison Ford. Mm. And I was so looking around uh, the pictures to see if I could see uh, Central Camera. I never, <laughs> it never went past. I was, I was thinking, I was, just, I was going to stop, stop it, and say, "Look, look, that's where Johnny works." Or if was- there,
2: there is apparently a new film out. Uh, I think uh, I can't remember the name of it, but they they filmed someone walking into central camera, like they did a whole shot set up Um, and it's out right now. And I, am trying to remember who's, who's in it. I'll find a link for it. But anyway, people have come in and said, Oh, I saw a shop in the, this movie. So, yeah.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Let's, um, I'm just conscious of time. Uh, mm-hmm. so let, let's uh, we've, we haven't got too many emails, but let's not try. We it's, I think it's a good idea for us to not to uh, have them building up for too long. So uh, we've,
2: right. we've got four let's, emails. So let's uh, let's go through them. Yeah. Slam right through them. So um, first email is from uh, Steven and he writes question for Johnny is December 17th. He says, episode 97, Johnny mentions shooting with his Bessa L and a pano mask. Um, I don't know of any such mask available for the BESA-L. Please explain or give more details on this. I do have a BESA-L and would love to figure out how to shoot panorama images. Great podcast. Look forward to listening. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Stephen Marmorov, West Babylon, New York. Babylon. All right. So the BESA-L, the reason you haven't heard of it is it's actually not made for the BESA-L. Um, it is actually uh, a Minolta uh, panel mask. I have one around. We're to see if I have one around here with the actual box. Um, oh, yeah. Here's one across from me. Minolta adapter holder set. Minolta panorama adapter holder set. Number one. I have a couple of empty boxes across from me across the desk. Um, and so basically what it is. Um, it's not made for the BESA-L, but it works in the Bessa l and would work in any number of other 35-millimeter uh, cameras um, that have the kind of right spacing between the back of the shutter itself and the little cutout behind the shutter because um, it essentially clips into that little space right there. It's kind of hard to explain, but if you see it, you'll understand why it works. Uh, So anyway, that that Minolta uh, panorama adapter is what I have in my BESA-L to convert it to a panoramic format camera. So that's what you want to look for. I'm sure that there's a link I can find for this little thing um, to include in the podcast notes. They do do pop up on eBay. They're not... Usually, quite no. They're cheap. They're cheap. Well, they're cheap. They? Oh, they're yeah. They're like five bucks sometimes. I I think I bought, I bought a pair of them popped up on KH. They were like two ninety nine, like two dollars and ninety nine cents, and
1: I bought them both. Yeah. So they, Simon, you could probably three D print them.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, you probably could. Uh, the, the, so here is the part that's actually, um, yeah, they're more complicated than they look is the interesting thing. So the way they are held in place and you'll have to sort of imagine this until you see a picture, is on the back side of the mask, there are two little, like, L-shaped... There's an L-shaped, you know, claw, basically, or a little bar that runs the length of the mask, and it's spring-loaded. So you basically squeeze it open, insert it into the plug hole for your, you know... The back of the camera where you see through into the you know where the shutter opens, and then you open it back up, and the little the little things spring into place. So it's held on into that little the little mask in the back of the camera behind the shutter where the you know where where the camera opens uh, where the shutter opens. So it just kind of holds itself in place there by springs, which I don't know how easy it is to three D print springs. Um, So I don't know how doable Hmm. this actually is as a 3d printed thing uh so it's actually really ingenious little design and and considering how cheap they are i think they're brilliant because you literally could turn almost not any camera because some cameras have very little space between the shutter especially the ones where you have like moving metal parts and stuff anyway i don't think it'll work with every camera but it will work with a great great many number of 35 millimeter cameras
1: yeah, and then the viewfinder, the external finder, you just tape it off, right?
2: Yeah, I just basically, yeah. literally, black tape off my my viewfinder. I, I mean, I like did it. I'm just like, yeah, that looks about right, and I taped it off. and And when I compared it to the film, it's remarkably accurate for just literally like roughly taping it off what I think it looks right. Um, it's remarkably accurate. Um, I imagine if you just take a little you
0: take a a little bit more of it than you think it is you're gonna be you're gonna be good to go aren't you i guess
2: yeah right right exactly exactly i mean you could you're basically gonna it's an estimate it's an estimate right so if you overestimated you'd have a little extra space but it would accomplish the same thing and it's i mean i've i've shot mine with the 21 millimeter is kind of my go-to setup the 21 millimeter um on the Bessa l And I just kind of roughly masked it off. And I I did the when I first shot this combo, I shot a test roll with things that would, you know, be really, really obvious if the if the my masking on the viewfinder was wrong, like things just wouldn't be in the frame and I'd know. And I was just amazed at how close to accurate it actually is. And there's a there's a good deal of room for error too. So, so it's all good. Um, so yeah, that's what I've got and, uh, It works a charm, works a treat. You'll love it. Pick one of those up. Because I had three of them now, so I don't need another one. So you guys can have all the rest. (laughs) Okay, should we move on to the next email? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Email number two from Cheyenne Morrison. Subject, Cheap Lens Challenge Date december 17th to the classic lenses podcast and cheyenne says hi simon johnny and perry i have a question just like sunny 16 does the cheap shot challenge why don't you do a cheap lens challenge question mark entrance must submit photos using a lens bought (coughs) excuse me for less than 50 dollars usd or equivalent the winner gets guess what a cheap lens blinky emoji Bonus points for using really cheap lenses such as an Indostar 51 and points deducted for using expensive lenses you claim to have bought unless you have a receipt. Putting a $5 sticker from a thrift store on an expensive lens gets you publicly shamed. Anyway, sounds like something fun, and we need a grouchy judge and some rants. Jimmy D, Hamish Gill, or M would be perfect. Regards, Cheyenne McPherson. Mm.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I think that the principle of the idea is, 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 is sound and it's, and it's, it sounds like a, you know, a, a fun thing to do. Um, the reality is that we'd end up with a show where we're describing photographs and mm-hmm. yeah, for
2: like three hours. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Not, not, we're not mentioning any other shows that do exactly that. <laughs> that um, bog them down for weeks I, or anything how about oh, we week. just like Sunny 16 does a cheap lens challenge yeah that's a, that's oh, a yeah. good idea yeah. <laughs> yeah we should we should send that suggestion Graham's way
2: yeah. definitely yeah so so Cheyenne we're going to forward your suggestion to Sunny 16 and yeah, they that's can that's all so, they... yeah that is is sunny16podcast at
0: gmail.com um, so, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. so that's that will be on your don't go ahead and send <laughs> whoop sent but um actually just one, one thing i want to say to uh to cheyenne thank you for your suggestion um and um happy birthday for what well, is now yesterday when we actually started recording it was still your birthday uh oh, it's ooh, happy okay. birthday any longer uh but it was for yesterday so um happy birthday I hope you had a great one yesterday
2: okay so uh have we got one more question actually we're back we're back in australia again aren't we with it yeah actually? we have we have one more it's sort of a follow-up from a question because i think somewhere in that big email uh that we read from peter coccione thank you very much uh anthony for the pronunciation <laughs> assistance <laughs> uh I think, I think anthony said something slightly different than that but i think well, that's he made it better than me he made it sound like think, you know Arnie at the end of it rather than Oni. But there you yeah. go. Yeah, he he made it. He made it. He made it sound like legit. He, he made it sound good. Yeah. So the, Peter's subject of his email was technical and film confusion, and he had a bunch of you know questions and thoughts and whatnot. And one of those questions was trying to f- I, I apparently right I think was trying to find film labs in Australia. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so Laurie Conley, who is in Castle Maine. Victoria in Australia um he had a comment that he sent in uh on what the classic lenses facebook group is that right yeah all yep. right he he put in a comment and his comment was peter from melbourne your your email was read out on the podcast last week asking for recommendations for decent photo labs in melbourne are you in this Facebook group? Drop me a DM. I've used a few labs and film suppliers. Some are really good. I'll pass on my recommendations. So, uh, Peter, you want to hit up Laurie, and then you guys can chat about film labs in Melbourne, and you'll be all set. I was just going to say, you just read out the uh,
0: the post in the Facebook group, but the actual uh, email which we got, I think, uh, I think uh, Laurie wanted to get the word out uh, be- before, uh, rather sooner rather than later, and sort of wait, waiting for the for the show, and uh, and uh, that's totally understandable. But uh, Laurie's also uh, passed on his contact details directly. So, Peter, if you're listening to the show and you haven't seen the post in the in the Facebook group, uh, just drop us a line, and uh, I'll pass on uh, Laurie's details to you, and you can uh, have a chat directly. If you can't do that via Facebook.
2: all right cool so that wraps up the email we are caught up That's on it. the email well,
0: i think we're we're pretty much done now um i so let's do some shout outs because i've got uh um i wanted. I'll, I'll start with shout outs because i want to put a shout out to paul grief who bought one of carl's abstract paintings yeah uh, yeah, um, because we we mentioned that there's a there was a fundraising auction uh, where six uh, abstract paintings and six photographs by Carl Havens were uh, auctioned off for a uh, and then what was it called? in a,
2: a, a, Endow- endowment, yeah,
0: endowment. Um, and uh, so this is to do with uh, an educational project um, that's, that's been uh, created in Carl's name. And uh, so, yeah, Paul, Paul heard that and he went away and bought one of the paintings. So well done, yeah. Paul, and uh, yeah. really pleased for you. There was uh, Carl's, as like I said before, that's where Carl's main passion was. Amazingly, yep. uh, in yeah. the, in those paintings. So uh, that's that's, yeah. that's that's great that we've we've actually managed to do something to 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 help uh, that project. So uh, that's that's yeah. great news. So um,
2: fantastic, Paul. Well done. Yeah, and Carl would be happy to know that we're still talking about his endowment. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. um okay so uh yeah that's that's uh pretty much my shout outs apart from of course the six towns darkroom but we're not doing anything now until but i think it's the 7th of uh january because we're having a little bit of a christmas break now um so uh so that that's me done uh johnny have you got any shout outs
2: i do have a shout out i have a shout out for mr bob matter who uh stopped in to Central Camera on I think Friday, and b- brought me some Christmas gifts. He brought me Christmas stuff. He he brought me a photo of myself that he has taken. Uh, there was this funny day. It was probably last May or last June where I was out on my you know lunch break, and Bob was out. We ran into each other on the corner of I think this was like uh, Madison and State. And we ran into each other and took each other's picture. And uh, so this is the picture that 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 Bob took of me. Um, I still have the picture. I took of Bob that I have to give to Bob. But he took a picture of me. And on the back of the picture, uh, he's got the details. He shot this on his uh, 1946 Leica 3C uh, with a 5-centimeter, 3.5 Elmar. On Tri-X 400 in Rodinal 1 to 50, beautiful combo. So I got a got a cool picture from Bob matted, nice little matted picture, um, and and Bob brought me two mini bottles of Malort. And then I said, "Hey Bob, do you think you could get me another one of those? Because then I have three, and then I could send them to Perry and Simon, and we could do a live tasting on air." Which has. Yeah thus morphed into something that will happen here at some point on the Classic Lenses podcast, when I figure out how to ship Malort, when I figure <laughs> out how to ship flammable liquids to people in other countries. Yeah, I don't,
0: I don't know if the stuff's banned from entering the European Union or not. I don't know.
2: Yeah, might, if you're smart, you guys have put retaliatory tariffs on it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, on. On, on that note, I, by you guys, of course, I mean Europeans, not not Simon. <laughs> no, no, well, <laughs>
0: um, well, just on 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 that front, we've uh, we're we're in talks for uh, uh, expanding that uh, that particular show that we're planning on. Uh, I'm going to say drinking uh, this 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 malort um, with a, with a with an expert guest. Uh, great right. as, as well uh in Europe who shall remain nameless for the, the, the this this point um yeah so uh, we're we're looking forward to not looking forward to uh that happening um <laughs> but thanks bob that's uh, really oh that's a point Bob's inflicted two bottles on um Mike gutterman as well hasn't he yeah, the, yeah that's pod- positives podcast <laughs> so uh, there's something somebody, somebody else that Mike, uh, Bob clearly doesn't like um <laughs> 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 yeah so, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so um yeah, it should be should be interesting. It should be interesting to see, I think I'm hoping that uh that Mike is going to record his experience of uh, uh drinking this 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 fine liquor uh, from Chicago. So
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully Mike can go first because well, so then there'll be to. there'll be one less podcast for us on air to be competing with.
1: <laughs> yeah, plus it works perfectly with his uh his face cast.
2: It does. Yeah, yeah. it 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 really and his cheap ass beer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's perfect because that's the only chaser you get when you're drinking Malort is a nasty yellow piss beer. <laughs> you don't get real beer to wash it down with. You get a nasty beer to wash it down with. Okay. Any need, any need more any more shout outs, Johnny? Oh, that, that's my big shout out for the week. Okay, that's so big uh, shout out for the week. Perry, how about you?
1: Um, I have one shout out uh, to Joe, Mr. Cheng Wai Hawk, photographer extraordinaire. Yeah. Uh, I paid him a little visit at his shop the other day because apart from being uh, a frontline photographer covering you know, Hong Kong's protests with some amazing shots, he he owns a camera store. Um, a place called Meteor in Causeway Bay, which is a really cool place to go and hang out. And they have a little photo collective uh, called Minos, M-E-N-O-S, um, with some cool stuff from their their team of photographers on, on Instagram and, you know, the web. Uh, but I went just to kind of hang out and chat, but also to find out what he shoots with um, for all of these protests, because we have been wondering. And at the beginning, he was shooting with his... Uh, he has... He has the most ridiculous MP black paint a la carte uh, that I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> where he has his store name Meteor engraved on a like of it at the bottom. Oh my god! Uh, and then, a, yeah, and then a custom, usually a lot of the times he's used with a custom black paint dream lens. Um, but, but he discovered that uh, it was pretty impractical using a fixed lens rangefinder with film um when when you're getting tear gassed constantly so most of the time he's shooting with uh with a sony and a zoom lens these days which is both disappointing and totally understandable so (laughs) shout outs to joe for that insight yeah
0: okay um right uh well it's time to say goodbye now i think so uh perry how can people keep up with you outside of this podcast
1: you can find me on Instagram or Flickr at Perry G. Uh, or you can visit my never updated website, perryg.com. And Johnny? Uh,
2: you can visit me at Central Camera Company in Chicago. I'm there most days of the week. I'm not there on Sunday and Monday because I'm here doing the podcast on Monday. That's the best way to catch me. Um, uh, and I guess it's that time to say if you want to send an email to the podcast uh, because as we've just proven we will read those emails uh you should please email classic lenses podcast at gmail.com with your question and we will try to get that done in short order and if uh, somebody has a suggestion for a photo competition where should they email that those you should just to? you should just keep that to yourself <laughs> or you can send it to uh sunny16 podcast at gmail.com that's right <laughs> yeah yeah Send it to them. Um, you can also, of course, follow along the podcast at classiclensespodcast.com. Uh, you can uh, follow, along, uh, Flickr, uh, Flickr, no, Insta- follow along the podcast related Flickr, not Flickr, Instagram. Follow along the podcast related Instagram at Best Vintage Lens on Instagram, where they have pictures every day made with best vintage vintage lenses um and of course the weekly ish rundown from good friend of the podcast ricardo better than the podcast podcast summary so please check that out um and if you're and watching, of, yeah yeah go for it i was going to say and if 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 uh i don't know what's the other one <laughs> so you took you took the
0: prompt and then forgot yeah uh, so if you if you want to listen along to the podcast and read read what we're saying
2: maybe maybe you do that on youtube so go find classic lenses podcast on youtube you'd be one of the few the proud the classic lenses podcast youtubers join Um, join the the 10 of people that listen to it yes the 10 the 10 of people that listen and of course you want to make sure that you enjoy the official not official sponsor sponsored not sponsored beverage of the classic lenses podcast that of course is malort yes The, the fine taste of chicago yeah fine taste of chicago's gutters
0: yeah (laughs) okay and uh from me you can follow me on twitter as simon four i'm on instagram as simon forster photographic Uh, you can find us all in the facebook group um classic lenses podcast and we also hang out in the facebook group that's that got this podcast going which is photography with classic lenses i hope you've enjoyed this week's show and if you can be like carl
2: Wait, wait, no outro music from Perry?
1: Uh, uh, uh wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I got it. We're going to continue it. Volume up. Carry on from where we left off.
2: Please start licking and slurping. My dick will get firm. Soon you'll be tasting sperm.
1: Oh, my dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Goodbye, Good everyone. Good God, that's awful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, boy.